This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. A winning return after the international break is exactly what the doctor ordered. However, we certainly made hard work of this one. We started with an unfamiliar 3-5-2 formation that saw Coventry having the best of the first 20 minutes, but no knockout blows. Then the knockout blow did come to Matty James with a nasty bang to the head. A change in formation followed, which seemed to kick us into gear, and a solitary set-piece goal from Rob Dickey was enough to secure us three points and keep us in touch with the top six. One point off the playoffs in eighth. As always, a very tight league. Lee's three words were formations change games. Matt, obviously you were on site watching the game, and it was a much-needed victory. Yeah, it was, and we'll we'll talk about as Lisa there, the formations in, and the kind of the, the way the game developed. But fundamentally, and I, I turned around to someone at 20 minutes and said, it's just about winning today. Um, we could talk about the Stoke game and we were absolutely fantastic. Should have come away with three points and we didn't. Yesterday, we weren't at our best throughout the entire game. Um, and we got the three points. And that, that was what was key yesterday, um, especially after the international break, especially after the injuries. Um, so it it showed a, another side to us about that resilience. Clear, you know, we've talked about the camaraderie between the the, the players. Um, they were desperate to keep the ball out of the net yesterday, and yeah, Coventry were unlucky, but fundamentally, we stuck the ball in the net. We walk away with the three points. So, and how yeah. many times, Matt, have we have we been the better team throughout the game yeah. and lost? <laughs> exactly, and you know, yes, I think first half. Um, to say we weren't great is unfair on Coventry and obviously the new form, you know, the, the different information. But second half, I thought we were we were good. You know, we we got in the game, we got the ball down. Um, but yeah, we've we've talked about it loads of times, and, and Stoke is a recent game where we were clearly the better side. Um, it was almost a role reversal, wasn't it? So yeah, as I say, for me, all about the three points and um, good to to get back on the the winning sort of uh, train at home, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We're bringing in our guest. Our guest has scored 50 goals in 202 appearances for Bristol City. He's our club captain. He's been described as expletive dynamite. And it's um, Andy Vyman. Andy, thanks so much for coming on to join us on Robin's Review. How are you this morning? Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm good, obviously, after the win yesterday. Um, obviously, it makes it all the better. A um, little bit tired, but all yeah. good. Are you tired because you were up late watching and Alex Scott's debut on Match of the Day? I can't lie, I was asleep before that came on. <laughs> um, but no, obviously, three children at home, they've been up since six. And obviously, it was, well, it was my first 90 minutes for a long time. So, yeah, yeah body's a little bit sore today. Yeah, it's your first start, actually, since the opening game of the season, 5th of August against um, Preston. So how's how's the foot holding up? How's uh, how's the body holding up? Um, yeah, the foot the foot's finally finally good. Um, I think it's been been really frustrating one. Uh, I thought like I had a really good preseason, felt really fit, and yeah, and then yeah, that just came on and uh, just wouldn't go away. And it, mm. obviously, you, you need your foot because every time you you like put your foot down, and it was just like kind of 
I don't know, walking on glass, basically. It was every time I planted my foot, it was really painful. So, yeah, it was a frustrating one. Um, but, yeah, I think that international break, to be fair, helped me a lot because even when I came on the last few games, I was still feeling it a little bit. Mm. And, yeah, all I did basically was bike. I They just kept me off feet for the last nine days. And finally, when I come back this week, it seems hopefully touch wood to, to finally be gone now. Well, certainly got a busy, busy week coming up. Obviously, Wednesday, home to Ipswich and then Cardiff on the weekend. Cardiff's a happy hunting ground for you. So we definitely need you fully fit for that one. Yeah, good memories there. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> two, two years ago, yeah, that was a good time. Last year, not so good, but two years ago, uh, yeah, getting those two goals was was very nice. Well, we do our talk club checking at the start of every Robins review. Matt, do you want to go first? How are you out of 10? Yeah, I'm, I'm a good... A good seven, I would say, this morning. Pos- pushing an eight. Disappointed with um, the rugby last night, um, I have to say. So close to getting through to the final, so that knocked it down a little bit. And uh, yeah, but I'm probably a good, a good a seven and a half, I'd say, mate. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm an eight. I mean, we've got club captain Andy Vyman on the podcast. Yeah, true. That's, yeah, that that pushes it to um, an eight. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not a nine because I had a curry last night. And oh, uh, why'd you do it? I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know. My my wife, it's, it's her fault. She loves right. an Indian. I'm more of a Chinese takeaway fan. Um, and I always regret it the yeah. next day. And we won't go into any more reasons about that. But uh, no, but yeah, um, up early, same as Andy. Kids kids want to go downstairs and watch watching Storks this morning, which is a, a good film if anyone hasn't watched that. But uh, mm. yeah, all in all, I'm going for an eight. Andy, how about yourself? Yeah, probably the same. I'd say an eight. Obviously, as I said... Happy with the win yesterday, um, but a little bit fatigued this morning. So, yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a good eight. I'm I'm happy, um, but yeah, body could be better. Excellent. With your your foot injury, Andrew, is it is it just a case of rest? It it kind of was at the start. So when it when it first came on, um, we went to see a specialist, and yeah, it's it's hard all the words they use. It's it's called yeah. plantar fasciitis, I think mm-hmm. it was called, and. Yeah, he said, literally, it's just, you're unlucky, basically. It's a condition that comes on. It could go away tomorrow or it could go away in six months. Um, so he recommended at first a couple of weeks rest, um, which I did. And then I came back on against Hull, was it? Yeah, Hull. Yeah, yeah. And when I came on, um, I actually then tore the plantar fascia. That's so it right. wasn't actually the same uh, same injury. Same it kind of... I came on and as soon as I pushed off to sprint and I just like felt a pop on the bottom of my foot. Um, and actually, that I think that was the best thing that could have happened because all that um, inflammation and all that um, stress kind of, well, went with the tear. Right. So then it was just um, basically about a week or two rest. And yeah, from then it's actually been really good. So okay. obviously it was nice coming off after 40 seconds, but that was probably no, the best yeah. thing that, that could have happened there. Yeah. That yeah. is, uh, yeah, a cameo to say the least. That one wasn't yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was. That must be so frustrating. I remember the same thing happening to Andy King. I think last season, or even maybe even the season before, when, um, yeah, he he came. He had had a reoccurrence of his injury, and you could just see how the pain in his face. You think he was, yeah, probably was in tears, and everyone, anyone would have been. But uh, yeah, coming back from an injury and wanting to go full speed straight away is um, is something that you must you must think about. Yeah, it was just frustrating because I played, I think, three days before for the under 21s mm. and I got through 60 minutes and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, it's That's fine, right. it's good. And uh, even before the game, uh, the boys were asking me, oh, how's it feeling? And I was in the warm up. Do you know what? This is actually the, the best it's felt. I can't, 
can't really feel it. And then, yeah, like I said, I just, I went to sprint off and it just went. But uh, yeah, it was one of them things. Obviously, it was very frustrating. Um, but hopefully I'm over it now. Yeah, yes. fingers crossed. I mean, that's definitely part of your game, sprinting off. Um, <laughs> right, so let's have a, just a quick bit of admin, um, a few birthday wishes. Massive happy 70th birthday to City legend Paul Cheesley. 21 goals in 76 appearances. He scored the first goal for us back in the top flight after a 65-year absence, only to have his career taken away for, from him uh, the following Tuesday. So, uh, Matt, Paul Cheesley, what a legend. A legend, and I know I, I say it all the time about that group of um, ambassadors, but they're just such nice people as well. Paul Cheesley has a word for absolutely everybody, young, old, walking through the sports bar when he's in the lounge. Um, he's just a, a really, really top, top bloke, isn't he? And <clears throat> tragic, you know, absolutely tragic that a, a player of his ability, and I got to see him play. Um, I don't think you were even born then, but I got to see him play. He was just unbelievable. And, you know, I saw the the footage that the FPA put on his goals. Some of his headers are just incredible. Um, so, yeah, happy birthday to him. But, yeah, what a legend. And obviously recovering from his own little knee op and uh, was fighting knee-op. fit when we saw him the other day, wasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, um, anyone who's listening, go on to Twitter at BCFC underscore FPA. And uh, there are some goals there that you might not have seen um, to, to have a look at and some absolute thunderbolts. Andy, yeah. you'd definitely be proud of, of some of those goals, I'm sure. To give it a watch. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Have a look at that. Uh, on, a, on a sadder note, this week we also lost uh, Gordon Lowe, a former City player with t- 228 appearances, 14 goals, one of our stars of the 60s. Um, so, you know, rest in peace, Gordon Lowe and, and thoughts with his yep. with his family. And then at halftime yesterday, um, the announcement came through about Sir Bobby Charlton doing a 17 year playing career as a United midfielder, played 758 games and scored 249 goals, 49 goals for England in 106. And he's not just a legend, Andy, Sir Bobby. He is an icon of world football. Yeah, um, obviously, he was obviously before my time when he when he when he played. So I haven't really really seen him play football but uh just yeah obviously since since the news came out all the all the messages you see online and and on on the television and you can tell how much he meant to meant to people in in England and around the world and in England he's meant a lot to people and yeah he obviously had a lot to do with the with the only world cup win England England have had um so yeah it's, it's a sad day obviously for for English football yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. I heard a tribute from Joey Barton on Radio Bristol afterwards. Um, and I know I can be critical of, of Mr. Barton, but that was it was really good words that Joey Barton said. So fair play. Okay. Just shows good again, doesn't it, the the esteem that Sir Bobby Charlton's held in. So oh, yeah, absolutely. And and a lovely guy as well. You could see every time yeah. he was on the TV or yeah. um or at Old Trafford. Uh, and then Friday, Matt, lunchtime, we went down to the Cooper's Arms to see the unveiling of artforfans.uk. Uh, Chris Garland mural on the side of there, which I went up to the Upper Lansdowne before the game. And it's, it's fantastic that you can actually see it from yeah. the Upper Lansdowne. Um, but but a fantastic tribute and uh, more of those to come. Yeah, brilliant. Um, great, great work by Spike, the artist. Because um, it's, you know, it's painted, obviously, and you're talking about the side of a building. Um, and I was sort of chatting to Spike and he was saying, you know, he, he would have to paint a bit, did it in grids and then get down. And what you look at from when you're looking up to it on site 
you then have to step back a distance to see that it still, you know, transmits and looks like it should. But brilliant piece of artwork, great work by Neil Palmer and Chris Bradfield and, and the, the the gentleman and team that sponsored it. Um, and we talked about it, Patrick, and we went to Liverpool, didn't we? Mm. Seeing the, the sort of murals that Liverpool and Everton have got. Um, and I think Neil was was also, you know, impressed by that and has then taken that idea. So it's brilliant. Great to see. Credit to the Cooper's Arms for being the first. Um, and lovely to see Chris Garland's family there doing the, the unveil and clearly seeing what it meant to them. So, yeah. Yeah, I caught up with Neil Palmer before the game yesterday. Um, and let's hear what he had to say. Neil, obviously yesterday, lots of people dying to see the unveiling. Went, went really well, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. And I was really pleased. I was very thankful for you and Matt to come down. It was great. And I think what it showed, that it was the right decision to get it done. It showed how much the supporters love that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it really is just a case of trying to make things like that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I I saw the articles that various interviews you've done. And yeah, going to Liverpool. I went to Liverpool. We went to Wigan away last season, I think it was. And then we went and stayed in Liverpool. And I saw all of those murals and things like that. And they've even got pubs named after players and things like that. And you just don't see it around Bristol. And this is the beginning. Yeah, I'd like to think so, and, and you're right. I mean, I've used a lot of interviews I spoke about the Liverpool thing, but it's it's any club. There's an awful lot of clubs that have it. Tottenham, yeah, yeah, exactly. Leeds as well. Um, they do, and I think that you sort of come away and think, well, why can't we have that? And I think that was part of it, was that people go, we don't really have stuff like that in mm. Bristol, and you think to yourself, well, why don't we have? Because these players mean as much to us as your Ian Rush does at Liverpool or your Howard Kendall at Everton, and we yeah. all know that. And, you know, you listen to your podcast and stuff after the after games. It's yeah. passionate and we all feel the same. So, as I say, that's why I was really pleased with the response from the supporters who come because it was like, yeah, this probably is needed. And it, it almost seems obvious. BS3, Bedminster, is like the street art capital of the world. And we've got all this lovely street art, which, you know, which is great and we love. We've had people like Jody Artist on the podcast before. Um, and Mike, who, who passed away, he was part of the original Three Peeps. He was a massive fan of street art. So BS3, I just can't believe this. it's not been done before. But it, a lot of people will say something about it. But what you've done is actually do something about it. So a big thank you from, from all the fans for actually getting this done. How hard was it to actually get this done from sort of conception to completion? Well, first of all, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Um, yet it was a bit of a, it's all very well thinking about it and thought, right, what are we going to do? And I make no bones seriously, it was a standard letter where we offered a certain amount of money and I literally went round different houses and posted letters through Letterbox and thought, I nearly crashed the car four or five times, to be honest, because I was coming along thinking, that's a good spot. And oh God. Yeah, so, I mean, it really was literally at that. And then I had to find out about legally how things were. Mm-hmm. And I had to make sure that, you know, Ian at the Coopers is great. And the other sites, the people are massive city fans. And so I didn't want anyone who's going to have a house with somebody on, I'm not going to say, I can see if I give a name then, people are think, with somebody on the side and then they go, then they move in two or three years' time, yeah, do you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it had to be right. And so there was legal stuff, there was, I mean, the Coopers had to be re-rendered, mm-hmm. we had to get all that sorted, and Ian at the Coopers was great, as was Martin Garland. So there were loads of other things, as opposed to with Spike turning up. I always, I use the analogy with Spike that 
we were going to carry the piano and he was going to play it. <laughs> and that's literally what it was like. He just wanted him to turn up and do his, do his thing. Yeah. Although even saying that, I still have no idea how he's did it. No, it's absolutely fantastic. And to see it, see that um, black sheet get pulled down yesterday, it was quite an emotional moment. Obviously, all the family there, lots of former mm. players there. And the position of it couldn't be any better. You know, his, his eye line is basically looking where he used to live and at the back of the dolman stand, obviously, which wasn't there when he <laughs> used to be able to see, no, right. see the pitch. That's right. And it wasn't. And we're at, the, we're at the ground at the moment. And I've just gone to the top of the... Um, of the Lansdowne now, and you can see okay, it from yeah. there. Yeah, you can oh, see wow. it, okay. which is which is great. Um, so yeah, positioning, and I think the same with, with other ones we've got, they had to be right positioning, because I wanted it to be a walkway to the game. Mm -hmm. You know, and we've I, I've got another site which is a little bit out at Southfield, which is great, and mm -hmm. we, we'll probably use that, but I wanted it to be, a, like I said, an old romantic as I am. I wanted grandkids and children to go, who's that up there? Yeah, yeah. And then tell the story about them. Well, and Chris's grandchildren were there yesterday as well. So it was a real family affair. Great speech from Chris Bradfield to kick us off in the Cooper's arms and obviously Jeff Merrick as well. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a magic moment and, and hopefully many more to come. Obviously, we know there's a, a, a Bristol City connection, but it's not all yeah. about Bristol City with Art for Fans, is it? You're going to do some other other heroes as well? Yeah, I mean, we're very much about City and get let's get City done first, but then moving onwards, obviously, as we said with Chris, we are, look, you know, it could be anybody. It could be somebody who owns a pub who wants a, a music icon or something. But yeah. it was, it goes back to that point that you made, in particularly with Bedminster, that there was some fantastic stuff about, mm. but nothing had a connection with a club. Mm -hmm and we want to try and put, put that right. I mean, hopefully there'll be a few people having a look at it today, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great. It was a bit emotional, I must admit. Brilliant. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks very much, Pat. Okay, yeah, so absolutely fantastic. Great to be there, see that un unveiled. And, and Andy, for you, you, obviously you've played all over, all over the world, and murals of, of footballers is, is not something new, but it's new to Bristol. Are you surprised it just hasn't happened already? Um, yeah, obviously, as you just mentioned, the, the Liverpool ones, um, I've seen I've seen them online um, and on Twitter. Um, yeah, I've, to be honest, uh, I haven't seen too many live, as in like in person, I've not seen seen many. Um, well, you're, shepherd, one... you're shepherded in, in and out of the grounds, I guess, quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. But I've seen, uh, to be fair, I've seen the one... Um, I think I've seen it on your Twitter um, about the, the unveiling the other day. That yeah, yeah, it looked it looked brilliant. Um, obviously, there's quite a few in, inside Ashton Gate, um, which yeah. also look brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's crazy what what artists can do, isn't it? Like yeah. how, how good it looks, how good it does look. Yeah, yeah. Well, street street art in in Bedminster is nothing new, but footballers <laughs> in yeah. Bedminster is something new. So congratulations okay, uh, to the team. Andreas Weimann won in Austria. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll, nice. <laughs> nice. we'll, get, we'll get in touch with Vite for fans on that one. <laughs> right, okay, to, to yesterday then. Um, so the lineup, there was four changes from uh, the game away at Leeds. Naismith, Williams, Knight and Wells coming out. Roberts, King, Conway and Andy Vyman coming into the starting lineup. A new name on the bench as well, Joe James, who I understand is a right back from the under-18s. Uh, so, yeah, those changes, uh, Matt, were obviously most of them forced via injury or illness. Uh, your thoughts on on those changes? Yeah, um, obviously in the, the, the pre-match game, we were made aware 
of um, of Carl's injury and Jason's illness. Um, so that wasn't unexpected. Um, the Joe Williams one, and, and I'll be completely honest, because I then didn't really look at the, the, the team and then the game got going, it got to about 20 minutes. And I sort of said, well, Cracky, where's Joe Williams? What's happened to Joe Williams? Very observant so apolog- of apolog- Yeah, apologies, Joe. <laughs> but I was so into the game. But obviously that was a little bit of a, a shock. Um, and then it was all around the formation. So I think, you know, the, the, the changes were expected. We knew Naki was going to be out um, following his injury at Leeds. But um, yeah, there were a couple of sort of surprises then. Surprise, obviously, with the formation. Yeah. So, so Andy, just uh, to come to you on this, obviously, um, the, the formation we started with, I mean, that was due to the personnel available or how Coventry were going to set up. Uh, and we'll come to like what happened during the game. But um, what was the initial sort of message? Um, I think I think a little bit of both, probably, to be honest. Um, I think, yeah, right. it's no secret that we didn't have many central defenders um, available. Uh, so I think the manager for a back three might be a little bit to protect maybe that we don't have out-and-out centre-backs. Um, obviously, Rob was the, the only one that was fit. Um, but I think also the manager and the coaching staff thought if we matched him up um, with two strikers, that hopefully can create more bodies in the box because um, if we play our 4-3-3, I think with the two wide strikers against like a back five, it might be a little bit harder to to get more players into the box. Mm-hmm. And obviously Tommy was a striker yesterday with Belly, but if he would have been just Tommy, I think he would have maybe been, a, obviously we get to speak to, he's probably isolated anyway yesterday, but yeah. um, we obviously, the plan was that if it's just Tommy against three central defenders, it, yeah, he'll, he'll probably be too isolated. So I think that, that was kind of the game plan we went into the game with. Okay. So so the lineup um in that three five two was Max, Dickie King, Pring, Sykes, James, Vyman, TGH, Roberts, and then Bell and Conway up top. Um just a, a touch on Tommy Conway. Uh, obviously he's come back to full fitness as Naki Wells has got injured. So in terms of timing um for for the team for for, for Tommy, it it's it it's great and fantastic to see him back fully fit scoring those goals away at Rotherham. Um, just your thoughts on on Tommy and how far he can go. Yeah, I think he, obviously since he's come in, he's been brilliant for us. Um, you can see how like how much he loves football um, and how frustrated he was when he was injured. Um, mm. Because, yeah, as, as I said earlier, there's nothing more frustrating than being injured when you're a footballer. And obviously Tommy had a brilliant season last year and he was, he was ready to kick on. Had a really good pre-season. And yeah, getting injured on the first first day of the season was nice for him, but he was brilliant in the gym. He he worked so hard and um he's obviously I think he's back ahead of schedule as well. Um and yeah, the, the two goals against Rodham were, were brilliant. I mean, yeah. the first one I think it's it's not even on really to to shoot. Uh, I think it was even his first touch. Um yeah, brilliant. That shows what he can do. And then the second one is is what he is. He's a he's a goal scorer, he's in the box. He'll yeah, he he'll get into them spaces, and and you're always confident when he gets a chance that that he'll score. And yeah, hopefully for us, he, he can keep that going, stay fit, and and get plenty more goals this season for us. Yeah, fantastic, Matt. Great to have Tommy back fully fit. You know, I think of Tommy Conway. Yeah, I think he's he's fantastic. Um, and also, you know, <clears throat> the the likes of Sam Bell as well. Sam, um, you know, I think he started his twelfth game again yesterday. Um, he's but yeah, I think. The world's Tom has always stood to an extent in 
know, if you carry the trajectory that he is, that you know, the lad's only going one way. And when you see Alex Scott making his debut for Bournemouth yesterday, um, I'm sure that you know Tommy clearly has aspirations himself to play in the Premier League. Um, hopefully that will be with us. So yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, right, let's get to the minutes then. So sixth minute, Coventry have started well with City taking time to adjust to the 3-5-2. And on the sixth minute, Max has his crossbar rattled for the first time. A dipping shot from 20 plus yards from Sheaf, Matt. Lovely knuckleball type strike, that one. I thought he was excellent yesterday, Ben Sheaf, um, for them. Um, and the, the number seven as well, you'll have to pronounce his name. But I thought I thought they were really, really lively. Sheaf was quality on the ball. That that one, to be honest with you, um, I th- I thought Max let it go. I thought Max knew that it wasn't kind of going going on target, and obviously it dipped fairly late and hit the bar. Um, yeah, he was probably given a little bit too much room, wasn't he, to, to sort of pick his spot? But um, yeah, I, th- I think on target Max saves it anyway. At seven, you're looking for is Sakamoto. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. I thought he was a, a proper live wire. Um, yeah, and, and when they when they took him off, I was really glad. <laughs> but yeah, he was oh, absolutely. Took up some really good pockets of space. Yeah, number t- uh, t- tenth minute, Jada Silva receives a good greeting in section eighty two as he goes over to take a corner. Andy, I assume you had a chance to catch up with Jay yesterday. One hundred and forty four city appearances. How is he enjoying Coventry? Yeah, I spoke to him after the game a little bit. Um, I think he's enjoying it. Obviously, I think I think he started every game for them so far. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously worked out well for him, I guess personally. Um, yeah, I, I played with him for five years, so obviously I I got on with him very well, and yeah, it was sad to see him go because I thought he was not just a good player, a good person as well. But obviously, that's so, football, isn't it? People people move on, and yeah, obviously yeah. I wish him all the best. But luckily, we beat him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> he was that. quite involved early on as well, wasn't he? He, he, had, he, was, he yeah. had a good showing, really good game. Yeah, he had a, he had a really decent corner. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest to say, I think I gave him a bit of stick for saying like we didn't see too many of them. <laughs> it was, but um, great to see Section Eighty Two give him the well, the whole the whole ground give him the applause again. A very very popular player, wasn't he? Yeah, there was a there was a few initial boos, and I thought, oh god, what are we doing that yeah. for? And then um, yeah, Section Eighty Two put it right um, over in the corner. Um, and it'll it'll always hold a special place in your heart from Stoke, couldn't he? Absolutely, yeah. For some reason, Andy, I put a bet on Jada Silva to score first, and he did it. It was like the seventy <laughs> odd minute, and it was, was that. And he tried to cross it. It was that one. <laughs> it was that one. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember. I what about hundred quid on that? It was yeah, obviously did, yeah. uh, obviously great odds, yeah. but um, yeah, I don't think I've celebrated a goal that madly since Corey Smith. <laughs> Probably Cardiff away. That second, oh, the volley. Uh, yeah, that went bad. Yeah. That went yeah. bad. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do that again next weekend. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fourteenth minute. Ellis Sims pulls his shot wide as Coventry are still on top, and then the ball grazes the crossbar once more from Godden. So, fourteenth minute, Andy. There's uh, three or four chances for Coventry, and uh, we we've, we've managed to to keep it goalless. Yeah, I think I think that was important. I think obviously as we're gonna speak later about the change in formation, I think we just struggled to get pressure on them. I think um with their back three, I think we they played it quite quite wide, the outside centre half. So I think it was really tough for our two strikers to kind of get close to them and put pressure on and then our well myself and, and Matty and Taylor in midfield struggled to then get out to, to their midfielders. Um 
So yeah, I thought obviously they had too much space. Um, and I think all we tried to say, to be honest, is just stay calm, st- stay in the game because uh, mm. we haven't started yet and, and it's nil-nil. So that's that's basically the message we tried to, try to get on the pitch. That, you're saying that throughout the game, Andy, yeah? During, during yeah. those moments, you're all talking to each other and saying that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I think obviously it's later on, I think when Matty goes down, um, I think there's all of us um, just saying basically, like, as I said, look, we've been pretty bad. We've not touched the ball, but it's nil-nil. Um, so just just stay in the game, even maybe see it out till half time or, or whatever may be. Um, but I think that that shows a little bit of a change that we've had. I think yeah, maybe sometimes when it's not gone for us, we've we've conceded goals and been maybe too open. I think yeah, we just literally said, look, we know we're not playing well, but but stay in the game and, and as you say, anything can happen. Yeah, and uh, Coventry certainly were smelling blood, and blood did come on the 20th minute. It's the Coventry ball into the box. Max comes to punch and takes the ball and Matty James' head. I, I'm not sure whether it was Max that punched Matty James in the face or it was a collision with with uh, a Coventry player. But it was at this point, or or actually just before this, that I saw Tommy Conway receive a message from the bench, and that kind of uh, spelt the start of the formation change. And then it wasn't until the 26th minute when we restarted that it was a more familiar-looking formation. Um, Andy, you went out right, I think. Uh, Sam Bell came into the middle. Roberts was on the left. And then Sykes went to right back. Is that about the the sum- summary of that sort of six minutes of uh, of chaos? Yeah, yeah. So when yeah when Matty went down, obviously we had, we had a little bit of time to kind of settle our thoughts and and yeah uh, Curtis Fleming um I think gave Tommy not I don't know if he gave him a piece of paper or t- kind of told him um yeah we're gonna go to four two three one um with yeah Belly and Tommy kind of interchanging who's in the 10 or who's up front uh mm. Hayden on the left me on the right and yeah Sykes into right back and um, yeah I think from that moment it, it kind of changed the game a little bit to be fair yeah. we we managed to get more pressure on the Centre halves through me and and Hayden, and yeah, I also hope, think it helped us on the ball a little bit because then our fullbacks were were more free, yeah. because we were kind of occupying their wing backs and yeah, not not so good for Matty, but for us it was. Well, it was do you know good. what? I I honestly thought Matty James, the senior pro, uh, the experienced pro that he is, the message came just before that piece of play that causes injury. So I kind of thought he's gone down there to to, to enable this message to get through, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, I did because I'm in the South stand, so I could clearly see that it was the the Max kind of punch and the the the, um, the Coventry attacker there, and um, there was obviously blood as well. So, yeah. Um, Terry Butcher yeah, on the no, pitch. Cl- clearly that, yeah. Um, and Andy King said on Robin's TV afterwards, you know, he sort of said we we were a bit all over the place and started to get into the game after that formation change. So, so that that comes and and Matt just on the on the formation, don't want to dwell on it, but starting out with that formation due to personnel, due to trying to get the best of Coventry, twentieth minute, maybe even nineteenth when that message came out, it was noticed, it was changed, and it didn't you didn't ride through to half time. It was changed during the game. Yeah, I mean, I I think it changed, as I said to you, um, with the the Matty James injury from that point. So although the message might have started to come out, I still think we had the shape until that. Um, and you know, it, I, I guess that Nigel and the coaching team, because of the Coventry setup, because as Andy said, the personnel that we had in the centre back, yeah, that there was a reason for playing that. Um, it didn't work. We changed it, and from that point on, we then did get 
into the game and then did cause problems. And I think that the other thing to say is that for all of their possession that Coventry had, I don't. I think they had one shot on target at that point. Mm. Um, missed some chances. I mean, the the Sims one is it, he dragged it horribly wide in. He looked looked a shadow of the player to me that he did when he played for Sunderland last season. Well, yeah, he um, scored scored a couple, didn't he, Ashton Gate? Well, he was season. he was a real handful when he. Did, I think he, he certainly scored one. Um, but yeah, it just it just shows the resilience that this team has got that when things aren't going well, and also the honesty as well, because you know, as you say, Andy King coming straight out you know, and talking about it and saying, you know, we, we weren't very good. It's easy to kind of try and mask that. But um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a great start. There's no two ways about it. Coventry were, were were dangerous, but they didn't take their chances. And then we, we made the changes and got back in the game. 30th minute, it's a ball through to Andy Vyman on the right. He's obstructed and the ball goes out of play. And then he produces a lovely hip toss on the Coventry player just off the pitch. You a fan of WWE, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I used to be when I was younger, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. Obviously, he was he was pulling me, so I just pulled him back and got let him yeah, know his boss. I think you? it, I think it got the crowd going a little bit. So do you know what? Yeah, That's a great point, Matt. How many times yeah. have we said that on the podcast? It takes a a big tackle from George Tanner or a, or, a or a hit toss from Andy Vyman to to kind of just kick everyone into gear, and the Coventry fans were certainly wound up. What? One of the, the best things Jack Hunt ever did was chuck Suji Canos over the hoardings, <laughs> wasn't it? So um, it does it does get them going. I mean, I, I actually thought Coventry were in the refs' ear a hell of a lot yesterday. They were they were going down a lot, um, you know, and that was just a, a game. He's pulling Andy's shirt and you know, yeah, gives him it back. But yeah, I thought I thought they were a little bit um, surprised me yesterday. I didn't think they were like that. I thought there was a lot of sort of in the refs' ear and looking for. 50-50 challenges in claiming free kicks when when it just wasn't. So, hmm. thankfully, the ref was quite strong, I thought. Yeah, 33rd minute. It's Weinman again cutting in from the right and shoots left-footed, but it's well saved. But that came, Andy, from great work and perseverance from the heavily bandaged Matty James in the build-up. And it was a lovely weighted pass on the outside of his right foot from, from Taylor Gardner-Hickman. Yeah, it was. It was a, a really good tackle from Matty. Um, he won the ball back. And yeah, that's well my strength. But I think also our strength is the, the counter-attack. And mm. uh, with, as I said before, them playing wing-backs, uh, Jay was obviously pretty high up the pitch. And uh, yeah, that leaves space for us to, to run into. And yeah, I, I kind of squared up the defender and I thought he's probably expecting me to go onto my right foot. So I took it inside and then I just, yeah, didn't get enough power on, on the shot. Uh and the other keeper, I think it was quite comfortable safe for him, to be honest. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I thought I could have maybe done a little bit better, but I got it on target. But yeah, maybe on a target. little bit more power. Yeah, on target, tested the keeper, Matt. It was our first shot on target, I think. I had vision, visions of that left foot curler. That, um, was that against Hull or uh, Blackpool? It was Blackpool, yeah. I had yeah. visions of that one, Andy, when you were cutting inside. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah, keep, done, keep yeah. Keeper made a good save at the end of the day, didn't he? So, yeah. And knowing that Andy was going to be coming on the podcast the next morning, I thought, come on, this is going to be the moment. This is going to be the moment. But uh, no, shot on target nonetheless. And and it was just great to see us coming back into the game, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then on the 37th minute, Matt, it's um, it's Jason Knight coming on for, for Hayden Roberts. And obviously we know that Jason, I think... Um, 
think Nigel said pre-match about he was on the phone to to Dave. I assume to that's Dave, Dave Rennie Dave at Rennie, five o'clock yeah. in the morning to yeah, say Dave he, Barton would be a bit miffed when he get a phone call at five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you put can you put a tweet out about me not being well? Um, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, that that change came again. They could see that something wasn't working, switching it up, bringing on Jason Knight, who who was uh, energized from the moment he came on. He's again just just a quality quality player. Um, you know, we talk about Andy running all day long. Jason Knight is exactly the same, and he he just is a non-stop. Um, and and what I love about him, he he puts his foot in and come, you know, makes these little challenges that just breaks up play, just unexpectedly, almost appears from nowhere. Um, and for him to a take a place on the bench shows again that that kind of spirit that the, that the lads have got. Um, and then to then come on early, always difficult, I think, for any player who comes off, you know, at any stage, but before half time. But Hayden, I think, had a, a glimpse yesterday and knows the levels he needs to get at and perform at that when he gets his next chance, he's able to do that. He was a little bit unlucky in terms of the formation yesterday. Um, and it just needed that that extra energy from from Knighty, didn't it? But yeah, I thought I thought along with the, the formation change, um, Knight absolutely changed the game with the way that he played. Yeah, Andy. Obviously, you've played a few times now with 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 Jason Knight, and obviously spending a lot of time with him in training. Do you see some similarities to to yourself in in Jason Knight in terms of that tenacity and uh, covering lots of lots of ground? Um, yeah, I, I mean, first of all, it's been it's been brilliant since he's come in. I think for us, um, and yeah, obviously he runs around a lot like me. Uh, <laughs> but, no, he's a yeah. I think he's a little bit maybe a, a different player than me. More, more maybe a midfielder than I am. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I'm. Yeah, more. I, I want to be more around the box, where, yeah, where Jason's like more like all over the pitch and uh, probably likes to tackle more than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's yeah, no, he's been brilliant, and and hopefully he can he can obviously keep keep going. And um, yeah, I think yeah, it helped us a lot him coming on to be honest to. As I said, in that middle of the pitch, I think he he started the press a few times for us, and and I think also he got obviously Sam Sam Bell back onto the left where he probably at the moment prefers playing. And uh, yeah, I think obviously he said it, it's it's not nice coming on before halftime, uh, off before halftime for for Hayden, and I, I don't think he did anything wrong to be honest. No. As in, like, there was nothing he did wrong. Um, I think the manager said that at halftime to him as well. It was just I think we needed to get get mighty in the middle of the pitch because again not, no disrespect to Tommy or Sam but that, that's not their game uh, yeah. like like chasing around putting tackles in um, so yeah I think I think it was a change that, that was good for us yeah yeah, it was on the 44th minute, Knight coming into the game more and more, making a nuisance of himself, wins a free kick. And from the free kick, the deadlock is broken, a lovely and swinging ball from Taylor Garner-Hickman, and it's Rob Dickey, Matt, on the end of it to head home. And uh, my prediction for Leeds away was, I think, 1-0 and Rob Dickey to score a header. But I got the game wrong. Yeah, I wish I'd listened because <laughs> I, I had Rob Dickey to score first in 2-0 um, yesterday. I oh, think did it's you? Two, 200 to 1. So, yeah, slightly disappointed <laughs> we didn't get a second. Um, I mean, Rob, we'll, we'll talk about Rob Dickey um, throughout this. I thought he was a colossus yesterday. Um, and to get the goal as well that he did. Um, <clears throat> against a player in, in McFadden who I've kind of been critical because I've always felt he was a little bit slow, and um, but he's an experienced 
pro and knows what he's doing. He's he's got some of the dark arts as well. Um, but for Rob to get up above him and and plant the header, but you also have to say it's all about the ball as well. I mean, it's such a good ball in from um, from Taylor. So yeah, good good to see and to have. It must have been a real sucker punch for Coventry and and their fans as well because of of how dominant they had been. Um, but yeah, great, absolutely brilliant delivery and a superb header from Rob. Um, and good to see him. As I said, I think the last few games since his return at Leicester, I think he's been outstanding, really, really outstanding. Um, you know, and having to compensate for arguably our best player for the last couple of seasons is Zach missing. So it's good that we we had someone like Rob in there yesterday. Yeah, great, Andy, to score just before half time, and. How important is it to have those types of deliveries where you've just got to get something on it on the end of it and just steer it towards goal? But yeah, fantastic header. Yeah, brilliant. I think yeah, as you said, the ball in kind of makes the goal. Um, uh, but Rob, yeah, even obviously on a Friday we always do attacking set pieces, and yeah, he's he wins. He's almost like a magnet to the ball from set pieces. I think he he gets first contacts most of the time, and I think against Leeds, to be fair, I think he had one cleared off the line. Yeah, um, from, from yeah. a corner. So he, yeah, he was getting there. Uh, he was getting there, and um, yeah, it was brilliant for us scoring just before half time. And I also think we've been pretty good for attacking set pieces this this season so far. Um, I don't know if you know about Andy King um, and Pat doing yeah. for us. Yeah, I read that this um, morning. Funnily enough, yeah. Okay. So 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 King has been kind of taking the meetings for the for the attacking set pieces, and it gave us a stat yesterday that. I think Coventry were actually the top of the table for goals from set pieces, and we were second. Oh, right. So, um, yeah, we we must have done well. Well, King is doing well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, it's something we have over the years, Matt. We we always said it: set pieces, free kicks, corners, having the likes of Tins and Belly and people like that. We've been spoiled over the years, and it's great to see, great to see Taylor swinging them in like that. Let's let's be fair, Patching. You know, I know we've got Andy on, but we're we're always going to be honest. You know, we we've been quite critical at times, especially those corners where the first man doesn't get get hit. I know it's a a bugbear, isn't it? So, um, I thought yesterday the dead ball delivery was excellent, and and Taylor clearly, um, you know, is something that he works on. Um, but yeah, great great to know that you've got the likes of Andy King involved in it as well, um, and playing that such a key part. And again, I've talked about Rob. Um, we'll talk about Andy King as well because why for for him to come in and play like he did yesterday, um, he was exceptional as well yesterday. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Okay, half-time summary from Rob. It's been poor from us, in all honesty. Bemusing formational choice from Nigel Pearson. Yes, we've had to deal with a number of injuries, but could have definitely accommodated within the setup that we've deployed all season. Largely played like strangers, with at least half the team having to familiarise themselves with new roles. 
Coventry have dominated and we can count ourselves lucky we didn't go behind. A good set-piece goal, but we are making it so hard for ourselves. I'd put TGH back to right back, Vyman into the number 10 and Sykes back in his normal position. We've got an un- undeserved advantage. Let's go back to a more conventional setup, and then the second half, we might be able to come out of this with something when it looks very unrealistic. Uh, so that's the thoughts of Rob Blamey from Our Bespoke Quizzes. Yeah, a bit disrespectful just saying Vyman and not Andy, isn't it? But we'll, <laughs> we'll let him know. He didn't know, so. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Right. Okay, into the second half. 52nd minute, Pring bursts forward. A lovely one-two with Bell and Pring shots looks on target, but it was deflected out for a corner. Matt, you were well-placed for that one. Was that one going in from Pring? Yeah, it looked, looked like it from where I was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and great to see Cam bombing on like he did. Um, another one with just unbelievable energy levels um, against the the lad on the right side. Who again, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. It was was proper tricky. He had to really kind of keep his wits about him. Got caught once in the second half where he went to kind of intercept across field in, um, and missed it. But other than that, again, I thought it was a really strong um, performance from Cam. Yeah. Um, and great to see him getting forward. He yeah. should score more goals, Campering. I mean, there was a period of time last year when he was getting in the box and you just felt we were going to get a pen every time he went in the box, didn't you? Mm. And he hasn't been doing that of late. So, yeah, good to see him getting forward. Um, Andy, you, you said earlier about getting the crowd going. Um, we said about George Tanner's tackles and all of that sort of stuff. And Nathan Baker flying in with tackles is something that gets the crowd going. But equally, a burst forward, um, taking on a man, seeing a neat one too and getting a shot away. And and we've seen that in abundance from the likes of Sykes, Bell, Pring this season so far. Uh, fantastic to see. He really gets the crowd on their feet. Yeah, no, it was, it was, a, it was a really good move, I think. Um as you said, I think it was a one-two with Belly and yeah, bringing out the shot. I was at the back post hoping that he, he drags it a little bit and I get a tap in. <laughs> um, but no, it was a yeah, it was a good start for us. And yeah, Pringy's obviously he's he's got that that pace. Um so when he gets forward, it's it's hard to stop him when he when he overlaps. Um but yeah, no, it was a good start. I think we got a corner from it and yeah, yeah, it's it's a good start to to kind of settle the nerves straight after half time and, and get going, yeah. Absolutely. 54th minute. Sorry, I had to make a note of this. Andy Vyman picks up a booking. Uh, referee insinuating studs up. And I've just put moving on in my notes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've got to get you've got to get your foot in. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was one of them where the ball was kind of bouncing. And I think both of us jumped in, but he just got there, got there in front of me. There was no like I didn't didn't kick or anything. It was just, yeah, my, my, my boot was a little bit high. So to be fair, I knew I knew it was a yellow card. Yeah. He was at pains to be showing his, I don't know if it was his shin or whatever it was you caught, but he was yeah. kind of at pains to show the ref and obviously was looking for something more than that. But yeah, it was only a yellow card. Okay, moving on. Yeah. 61st minute, uh, ball falls out to Jason Knight, who drills a shot on target, but unfortunately at the keeper. Matt, it's always great to see, because everyone shakes shoot in that situation, and it was, yeah. it was on target, and uh, we want to see one of those go in. Very, very soon. I think the last one I can remember down Ashton Gate was was Andy Vyman, um, top corner towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, 90, he's clearly got that in his locker. He's had a couple that he's kind of you know, hit like that, but it was a, a really, really sweet strike, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, unfortunately, just straight, straight down the keeper's throat um, and he's able to catch it, isn't he? But um, it's something I'm sure is a, a a, a team. I mean, Nigel Pearson's talked about wanting goals from all areas. You know, the, the midfield 
you know, we expect to get more goals from it. And and I do think Knight is one that, that should be getting probably, you know, five, six, seven goals a season. Yeah. What's the attitude, Andy, around around that when the ball is hovering around the edge of the around the edge of the box? Is it is it shoot on shoot if you've got a chance, or is it try and do more build up play, set someone through? Um, yeah, I think the the one yesterday night, obviously, it opened up really nice for him. Um, I think no, there's not. I wouldn't say there's like a shoot on side policy or try and get the perfect goal. It's just I think with also how we set up, maybe where we've got. The two deeper ones, like well, the last few games, it's been Matty and Joe. Um, maybe they're a little bit too deep to to kind of get a shot outside the box. Mm. Um, where we've obviously got our high forward, to that's kind of how we create our goals with with flashing it across the box and and getting well, not tappings, but getting getting across the defender yeah. and scoring scoring from that. Um, so maybe that's why we haven't scored as many outside the box. Uh, but it's not like, yeah, I don't think we we think about it or we've we've even mentioned it. It's just, yeah, it's just not happened though. It's not. Yeah, like I said, the one that like you said, yeah, sorry, like you said, the the last the last one was maybe mine against Blackpool. That was it was just it, when it opens up, yeah, you yeah. shoot. But yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's instinctive them, as well, isn't it? It must be yeah. as a professional footballer, you you know you know you know when it's a good chance to shoot if you as long as you're not you know. 40 odd yards out but um but yeah no it's uh great to see great to see from uh from a fan's perspective those sort those sort of shots um 64th minute great tidying up from Sykes at the back post um after Coventry attacked down the right and I think Campering uh just loses out on on his on his tackle but Matt Sykes filled in really well yesterday he he did the same I think um in a few previous games as well but he was in the right place at the right time to clear the danger yeah, I think um, because of the start that, that that Mark's had, you know, you don't necessarily want to see him playing um, in in that position. Um, but he, he slotted in there yesterday and was very assured. Made a number of really really important headers, um, clearances. There was one moment where he he seemed to twist left right left right left right. I don't know if he was trying to make Jada Silver dizzy. Oh yeah, or what, yeah. But, there was a bit of a dance down um, in the corner with yes, Jada yeah, Silver. Proper, proper strictly, <laughs> wasn't it? But. Um, yeah, it, again, I, I thought he was excellent when he moved into that position um, and defensively aware. And I think it's one of those things, um, and I don't know if you've captured it, and I'll, I'll leave it until you have, but all all around you've got to stay switched on. And there were moments where balls coming across that if you're not picking up your man, I don't know if you saw the, the Chelsea-Arsenal game last night, but Arsenal's second goal, Gusto just switches off at the back post um, and Trossard sort of comes in. So mm. you've always got to have that awareness, which isn't always easy, especially when you're not playing in a familiar position. So no, I thought Sykes was excellent yesterday as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a real team spirit, team culture. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, Andy. Um, and and Sykes, obviously everyone knows that he'd much rather be up the business end of the pitch, scoring the goals, setting up the goals, but he's filled in there and done a, done a great job yesterday. No, he did. Yeah, I think like Matt said, I think it's the one where he got flashed across the box, and and he was like in the six yard box and cleared it with his left foot. Uh, so yeah, he was switched on. He, yeah, it's I think it's one of them. We we know we've got injuries, and yeah, Sykes knew he had to help help us there, and he he did brilliant. He he was really good. I thought. Uh, obviously, maybe maybe as he's not a right back, and maybe what helped him was that he didn't play against an out and out winger. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that maybe made it easier for him to slot in because he didn't actually have someone like right up against him. Mm. But 
in his position. And yeah, he was he was brilliant for us. Yeah. What's it like, Andy, when you're asked to do a job there? I mean, obviously, um, I think if Sykes has scored like you did away at Blackburn when you were asked to play in that position from a, a brilliant Joe Williams pass, if I remember it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but what is, what's it like when you're asked to play in that position? Um, I think, yeah, I think maybe, to be honest, as you said, you need to be switched on. I think maybe you're even more switched on right. because it's not your natural position. So you kind of think, you know, it takes more mental strength. Yeah. So maybe you're, you're almost thinking of the worst anyway, because you're thinking, right. oh, I better be there. or I need to need to go there because he might, he might pass it there. And maybe when you're in your natural position, it's kind of like, I said, well, natural to you, but in, in a different position, you're kind of more focused. Right. So, but also I think we've got, so many players now who, who can fill in different positions which obviously helps with a smaller squad like we have um, and as you said Mark well he's played I think in the cup game he played central midfield he's played as yeah. a winger and he's played he's played right back so yeah he's one of them and yeah he, he never lets us down wherever he plays to be honest Yeah, Fantastic Alright 65th minute it's Tommy Conway coming off Harry Cornett coming on Matt and uh, obviously Tommy coming back into the team uh, whether it was a minutes thing or it just Harry Cornick hasn't having his opportunity to to run at the defenders. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Tommy um, doesn't want to come off, um, but it may have been pre-planned, as you say, because of the minutes. Um, even though he's now back to fitness and and playing, they are still going to need to manage him through. Um, you know, he's he's explosive again in terms of the way that he he sets off. So and, with and we've got two three, games coming up, yeah. Well, three three games in a week, and you know, again, you talk the the Cardiff game for fans is very different, but I'm sure players, you know, we can ask, I'm sure Andy can say, but you know, I'm sure players pick up on that as well. So it's three big games, and for for Tommy as well, you know, local through the the, the setup, he knows what a, a Cardiff game means. So. Um, Nigel and the, the the coaching staff are going to have to manage the players through um, those three games, and and Wednesday's going to be really tough. Ipswich are flying, so yeah, it's, it wasn't unexpected, was it? That Tommy came off. Yeah, ten minutes later, Andy, it's uh, Bell off and Yaboa on, and I think you went out to the left and Yaboa went out to the right more so. Um, but uh, yeah, again, the production line Yaboa coming through this season, and what a bundle of energy he is as well. Yeah, he's he's non-stop, isn't he? He's uh, yeah, he's he's still only seventeen, so he's yeah, he's done brilliant for us in training. Um, and when he's come on, he's he's not looked out of place. Um, and he's yeah, he's still got that kind of. He's not scared, you know. When you're a younger mm. player, you're probably not not scared. So when he when he gets the ball, all he thinks about is probably just just running with the ball, whether he loses it or not. Um, he's not not bothered. <laughs> uh, he just. You just yeah, but it, it gives us something as you say in the last fifteen minutes. Um, we're defending, so he can he can carry the ball out, or he can kick it in the corner and, and and he'll chase it for us. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure that that was the thinking behind behind him coming on. Yeah, and he he can kind of play, and you know we've got that sort of three one or three um, whatever you want to call it. But I, I was up at the HPC for the Tottenham game um you know, last week and he played more as an out and out striker so he can play in that role he can play in behind or or wide and uh even defending as well 80th minute Yaboa wins the ball deep in our half bursts forward gets pulled back Coventry pick up a booking um and and that Matt was was fantastic to see him sort of getting back winning the ball when they're coming forward looking for the equaliser 
yeah, he puts himself about. And and as Andy said, he's he's fearless. He puts his foot in. Um, I don't think he's got a nasty side to him. I think it is that energy and enthusiasm. But you know, he will he will put his foot in. Probably gives away a couple of free kicks as a result of it. And um, I think they had one late on. Um, but it's his speed causes problems. And, and when he came on, he gave commentary all sorts of issues to worry about, didn't he? So a little bit unlucky. I think it was first move um, he got played through and wasn't seemingly quite sure what to do. Um, and, and it sort of got snuffed out. But yeah, I mean, for, for 17, he's incredible, isn't he? For yeah. such a young lad, yeah. From that free kick, um, the ball goes out wide. Andy, you're down in front of section 82 and look like you got a boot to the face at that point. <laughs> No, it did. It did hurt, but yeah, it didn't hit my face. He he scraped my arm, uh, but yeah, it was it was one of them. Stay down for ten seconds and then get Absolutely. back up. Yeah, good stuff. Eighty fourth minute, Andy King with another great tackle. He was really committed to that one. Matt down in front of the players, lounge in the corner. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that again, fantastic to see. No doubt in it, the commitment to the calls there, and and he bust a gut to get that tackle in. I don't know how often Andy King will have played in the centre of a three as he, he did to start with and then to, or in the three, I should say, and, and then to obviously to play alongside Rob when we switched the four, but um, he showed all of his experience yesterday and, and reading the game. And, and they often say, don't they, about players, you know, what, what you lose in your legs, you still, still have in your mind kind of thing. And, and that was case in point with Andy King yesterday. Um, that particular, I've, I've noticed on Bristol Live this morning, that challenge is on there um, because he times it to perfection, doesn't he? Um, again, when they, when Coventry was starting to, you start to think, oh, you know, we're not hanging on necessarily, but when you start to get towards the end of the game and it's 1-0 of a game that you've kind of done well to stay in early on, you then kind of think, oh, are we going to end up conceding here? Because they had a lot of corners coming in. And actually got to say Max as well. I thought Max coming for crosses and stuff in the corners and punching um, was excellent under a lot of pressure. But yeah, Kingy, Kingy was superb yesterday. Has Nathan Baker been up at the training ground teaching Andy King how to fly in into tackles, Andy? <laughs> he, has, he hasn't, no. <laughs> Kingy King uh, got the ball, so no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, no, uh, Kingy, Kingy said after the game in the change room, to be fair, he said he, he knew he wasn't going to do him for pace. He said it's either get the ball or take the man, basically. Yeah. But he... Uh, yeah, he timed it to perfection. He was a great tackle. And as you said, I, I, well, I know he played in the three last season, I don't know, 10 games maybe, but mm. I don't think he's ever played in the four as a centre-back. So, yeah, he was, as you said, he was he was amazing for us yesterday. He was really good. Yeah, 90 plus one. Coventry almost in, but it's Andy Vyman there to clear the danger at the end after a great Rob Dickey tackle as well. So it was an outstanding block from from Rob Dickey, Andy, and obviously you there to to clear the ball. Yeah, great. Um, I think he got flashed across the box and, and Rob was really tight to his man and kind of didn't even let him get the shot away properly and, and blocked it straight away. And yeah, and then I think they tried to cut it back and I just stuck my left leg out and, and kicked it out for a corner. But I think that, yeah, that kind of summed us up in the second half. There was, there was no way we were going to concede a goal, I think. We we tried everything to, to stop it. And I think, as we said before, I don't I don't think Max actually made a save in the second half. I don't, um, I know they had all the ball, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he made a save. Yeah. yeah. That was the moment, Patch, I was talking about with staying switched on with Andy there because um, it was a great cutback and the, I don't know if it was Sheaf or whoever it was behind was was just waiting to, mm. you know, see it coming past. So for Andy to stay switched on and cut it out like that, yeah, well, that was crucial. Yeah, and, and I think just after that as well, that 
Coventry did have a man over on the right as they're attacking. Um, and again, we, we dealt with it, dealt with it yeah. really well. And and then, as you say, about your boa, 17-year-old lad getting booked for a professional foul down in front of me in the Lansdowne stand, just shows that maturity, uh, Matt, that he knew that he had to just pull that pull that Coventry player down. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was going to get away. And so I think the way we defended yesterday, we were probably better off being able to set up and be prepared for a ball into the box. So, yeah, I don't know how... Um, how much kind of was going through his mind for? I think it's just natural that he, he knew what he was doing. So, um, yeah, it was um, it was an important one. A couple of uh, interesting moments at the end, Andy, with uh, the goalkeeper coming up from for a corner and then for a free kick. And I think there was one occasion where you had the ball and everyone was just shouting "shoot, shoot!" But you just had to just launch it down the field as far as you could. Yeah, it was it was a bit too far. I think it was just just outside <laughs> our box, so there's no way I was reaching that far. Uh, especially in the ninety fifth minute. No, yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe in the yeah a bit earlier, I might have been able to run with it a little bit. But yeah, no, I just thought try and get rid of it um, and get us get us a little bit up the pitch. Uh, but yeah, it's always funny when the keeper comes up because don't know why you just start panicking a little. It bit. is. It's just yeah. like chaos, isn't it? It's just it like was, oh my god, yeah. this is new. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, no, obviously we, I thought we defended the corners and, and free kicks really well yesterday. Yeah. As you said, Max came out and punched a few and, and Rob headed, headed a few and then I think Sykes hit the near post, cleared a few. So, yeah, I think even though they had quite a few, I think we we didn't really have too much trouble from them, to be honest. And at the end, Matt, you see a number of players just collapse to the floor of, of sheer sheer joy that the game's come to an end, sheer joy of the three points and they've put everything into it. And that's all we want to see, isn't it, as as fans, is that it's, level of effort and desire to to get it, those three it, points. Exactly. And I think those that, that, that stayed in and applauded at the end recognised that. And and again, I go back to the, the, the World Cup, the rugby last night. Um, you can win games, you can lose games, but if you leave everything out there as a fan, you can't really say too much. Um, and that was what it felt like yesterday. It felt that, and it's something I, I definitely feel under Nigel Pearson um, and over the last kind of 12 months, maybe slightly longer, but certainly this season, there's such a desire to keep the ball out of the net um, and everybody works so hard for each other that, yeah, quite right. I mean, I, the question I want to ask Andy is about the recovery afterwards, but yeah, they would have been knackered yesterday because it was non-stop, wasn't it? <laughs> Go on, Andy. Do you want to take that one? Are you up in the cryogenic um, chamber after the game? Um, so if we if we would have played Tuesday, we would have been. Um, but because the game is not till Wednesday, we obviously got today off, and then so we we do the cryo two days before a game. So because we don't play till Wednesday, we we didn't have it after the game. We've got it Monday and Tuesday. Um, right. So today is kind of just a day at home. Uh, I think everyone's experience enough or professional enough we they kind of know what to do today so yeah. like myself obviously as I said I've not not started many games so uh yeah I'll just just go for a walk and kind of get that lactic acid kind of out your legs and come back in tomorrow and yeah get get ready for for Wednesday does a, a professional footballer have a massive Sunday roast on a Sunday like the rest of us uh yeah well, I've actually booked one for the family today so yeah we're, we're going <laughs> later on um, I think when you when you play the ninety minutes, you you can have you can yeah. have a Sunday roast. It won't won't affect you too much. 
I bet you don't have as many pigs in blankets as Patch has. So that's only at Christmas <laughs> special occasions. Ah, uh, fair enough. What about uh, Andy? In terms of like the away game, so so a game like Rotherham um, away, would you go back out to the HPC after that on your way back and have to go in ice baths or anything? Or yeah, so so we done both um, last year. I think we had Norwich away on a on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so when we came back from then, because we travelled to Burnley on the Friday straight away, we, yeah, we had uh, a bike at half past three in the morning, I think it was. So we, we came back from from Norwich, had like a 20 minute spin on the bike and then the cryo. So we, we, yeah, we left at like four in the morning, but then had the rest of the day off. So that was nice. But then I think, yeah, Rod, when we just played, we bring it back as late so it was like one in the morning so then we uh yeah we're just back in normal time on the Thursday morning for right. kind of the, the bike and, and pool recovery mm. and what is that cryo chamber like I mean we've fortunate enough to go to the HPC and see it not obviously go in it but do you have to all sort of hats and gloves or yeah so you so you you gotta wear dry socks um right. because you if it, there's any like wetness you can you can get blisters and stuff um but yeah, you got your hat, gloves, and you can uh, mask over your nose and mouth. Right. Uh, I actually don't mind it to be honest. I I way prefer it to like an ice bath. Right. Okay. Um, even though it's like way colder, but it's a dry cold. I don't know. Right. If, you know and when you're wet. And how long are you in there cold, for? Uh, it's three minutes. Three minutes. Right, okay. Three minutes in there. Um, there's five of you, so you also it's not you're not by yourself. There's five of you in there. That must be a long three minutes if Joe Williams is in there, though, surely. <laughs> well, I go, I, I go in with him because that, Do that thing makes it, yeah, because he doesn't stop talking, so it's actually a bit easier. Makes it go makes quicker. the time go quicker, yeah. <laughs> is he the real character in the team, Andy? Yeah, he's just, he's just loud, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah. Obviously, I, I live in Bristol, in my, my apartment. We live kind yeah. of next to each other, so he's uh, I'm always with him. And, yeah, he's, yeah, he's non-stop, to be yeah. honest. He's, he's good, good fun. Yeah, brilliant. Well, what a, what a three points uh, grinding that one out. As I said at the start, we've we've played games and been the better side for the majority of the game and lost. But yeah. uh, but yesterday, obviously, we came back into it after that after that slow start. And and what a three points, Andy! It was great. A win's a win, as I said. It is. Yeah, you messaged me last night and said a win's <laughs> a win, and that that's exactly it. as you said. We've played well and we've lost. And I think. You know, before the international break, we kind of as players kind of not at a meeting, but agreed together, saying like, "Look, we've we've lost three and four before the international break, and we've now got a block of five games before the next one." And we just said we we need to do everything we can to to come back and and be ready and, and be ready for these five games and and get as many wins as we can because, as I said, we lost three and four, but we were still only three points off the playoffs. Yeah. So that's how that's how tight the league is and. Yeah, we kind of set ourselves that that target to come back and, and be ready. And obviously, the home games are important for us. And getting the win yesterday, I think, was all that mattered. That's what we said before the game. It um, doesn't matter how we play. It doesn't matter how well we play. Because, like I said, well, obviously, we're speaking about it today. But if you, mm. you look tomorrow at the table, the scores, we won 1-0. And that's, that's exactly. all that matters. And The history books record a 1-0 victory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, before so, yeah, we let you go, and yeah, no, fantastic. Before we let you go, Andy, just um, massive congratulations on joining the 200 Club. 
Um, I think that puts you 80th highest appearance holder for Bristol City and still here, hopefully many more to come. But cast your mind back to that uh, 4th of August 2018, your first appearance. I think it was 1-1 against Forest. You scored the goal. Uh, a great way to start. I think you scored in the next game as well. So uh, an, an important debut for you to get that under your belt. And over the last five years, so many memories that you've created for us as Bristol City fans. And and you kind of, you've settled into Bristol and Bristol's now home for you, I guess. Yeah, thank, thank you, first of all. I mean, it, I, I got the shirt signed from everyone after the Rotherham game, my 200th game. Um, yeah, it was, it was. I knew it was coming up and it was obviously special. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy that it's been, it's my sixth season now. It's been five and a half years that I've been here. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, Bristol City is my my home now, my, my club. Um, I love it here. Hopefully I've got a few more years in me. Oh, I, feel, I feel really fit, so hopefully I can stay for a few more years. But um, yeah, and also my children, I think that's, that's all they kind of know. Um, obviously my boy is going to be nine, my oldest, but he was only three when I signed and... Mm. My daughter was four months. She's nearly six now. So, um, well, the third one we didn't even think about. So, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. That's so that's kind of all they know. So, yeah, they love Bristol as a city. We've we've got an apartment there. Um, we're gonna go back there tonight actually, and because it's half term, so we're gonna have the whole week there. And yeah, it's yeah, it's a special special club for me now. And that's the most games I played anywhere in my career. And mm. as I said, hopefully, hopefully there's many more to come. And yeah, oh, yeah club means so. a lot to me. Brilliant. Uh, great to hear. And uh, you know, the two hat tricks, Sheffield United away and Millwall at home, some 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 goals. We'll 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 speak about Cardiff very briefly. As we said, um, yeah, that that will ling- live long in the memories. A- away days are special because it's um yeah, you, you you've you've traveled two or three hours, sometimes four or five to get to the, some of these and obviously Cardiff not not so much but um they are a special day for city fans and I think you'll agree that the away following has been second to none they don't don't stop singing um and when you give us memories like that one at Cardiff and and many more that you and the team have given us it it makes it all worthwhile just sum up for us like what what impact that makes for you as a player no it's massive I think yeah as you mentioned away fans it's it's brilliant. I mean, we we know because we travel on the bus the day before, and as you, obviously the Cardiff one's not a far one. But if you go up to Rotherham or uh, who else is up there, Blackburn or anything up north, it, it takes us five six hours on a Friday. So yeah. for the fans to to make that journey, it means a lot to us. And yeah, as you said, we've luckily had a few good memories in away games. Um, obviously, Cardiff's yeah special because it, it is our derby. Um, so. We've had some good days there, but yeah, no, it means a lot to the players to see to see the away and sold out. And yeah, we always try and give our best. Um, said sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes we lose games, but I think I can see it from obviously being the captain. And I think we always try our best. I think with this squad we've got now, I think you can probably see the fans can see we'll we might maybe not sometimes have our best games, but we we never give up and we always try and try and do our best. Yeah, brilliant. Matt, anything you want to say? No, no. Um, I mean, yeah. Obviously, I I travel home and away, and the the Sheffield United hat trick will live where well to the the day I die. But Cardiff is just special because there is that fan rivalry, um, and that that second goal was just unbelievable, wasn't it? It just proper limbs. I mean, you you can't explain it. And and I think it's probably is a. I, I often say it on this podcast patch, don't I? That 
I really feel sorry for for people that aren't football fans and don't have that feeling that you get with those kind of moments. So yeah, thank you to Andy and and certainly you know long long may your uh, your reign as captain in uh, continuing with Bristol City for many more years to come. I hope because uh, yeah, you've been a tremendous servant and get your name up on that wall as well in the uh, yeah, <laughs> in that, the concourse. Yeah. He's reached the fifty goal mark exactly, now, yeah. so uh, so yeah, yeah Scotty he, up on the ladder. He will be up there, yeah, but no. uh, we need to keep it keep it blank for now until he gets a few more and exactly works yeah. his way up to up towards the the second row rather than the bottom row. <laughs> but Andy, just uh, say thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and uh, rest up, enjoy your Sunday lunch, and uh, yeah, thanks thanks again for for spending your Sunday morning with us. No problem at all. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks really appreciate it. it. Right, take care. Take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. So as I say, big thank you to Andy Feynman for coming on the podcast club captain and what a, what a lovely guy, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Privileged that, you know, obviously met him before, but he is a lovely guy and great to get some of that insight, isn't it? And to understand little bits and pieces around the sort of, you know, that you, as a fan, I want to hear that the players get together and talk about, look after the international break we've got a really mm. you know we lost three and four before we got to do all we can to improve that and I know that sounds like a really obvious thing to say but again it shows that the players do care um, and that's not always been the case and I think even Nigel Pearson said that in his um, his press conference this week that um, he's now got a group of players who, who clearly care and he says that hasn't always been the case since he's been there which again kind of speaks volumes doesn't it so um yeah um you know i know we'll talk about nigel pearson in his post-match interview and then there's been a, a, a press release this morning as well um after the ratings but yeah clearly with, with andy and the players that, that we've currently got there jason nightpatch you know getting off his sick bed in effect <laughs> to put in a performance like that is incredible. You know what it's like, mate, when you've played five aside when you haven't been feeling great. But to put a shift in like that is just, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's come to the ratings. Okay, obviously... Andy Vyman, slight, 10? Or... Yeah, yeah, slight difficult one. And and um, again, when, I, don't, I don't care whether people believe it or not, but um, I did the ratings last night. I didn't know for sure last night whether Andy Vyman was going to be coming on today or not. Um, and you obviously, you know, you you sort of set it up, um, but I didn't know. So none of the ratings are based on the fact that we had Andy Vyman as a guest at, at all. Um, it's, as it always, it's purely down to my opinion, and then we talk about it, and then we agree it. So the only difference is, um, as, so I'll, I'll do something now, even though I do the ratings from that point of view, but as podcast Ooh, royalty... Yes. You get the casting vote, all right, on this Royalty. one, mate. Uh, you know, and, you know. and also, I get to to predict the the score as well. You do, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I've seen, we forget. I will, I will say as well. So, um, Mark regular, Powell said six. I was going to say regular contributor Mark Powell said six point four two. Yeah, yeah. We ought to ask them to put that in the. In the um, group, we? But yeah, I'm going to go six point one. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Make, make of that. <clears throat> okay. Off. Off you go. So, Max, um, I toyed with a six for Max because, you know, he he, he he did what I expect. But but actually, under a lot of pressure um, and lots of balls into the box, um, a number of dead balls that they had, um, you know, he didn't have to make loads of saves. But I went seven um, because of that pressure. 
and because and a clean sheet. Exactly that. He's a goalie with a clean sheet, and you know we've we've marked Dang when he's conceded. So on that basis, yeah, I went seven. Um, starting off, kind of, I suppose with the, with the, the three, if we go, um, so Hayden Roberts, I went five, and and there's an element of, um, you know, Andy said. Nigel Pearson said he didn't do anything wrong. Um, I didn't think it was a great game from Hayden. I do think probably the formation, probably the fact that he's not played regularly um, will have an impact. But I don't think, you know, he, he got a nine from us, I think, in the, the, the cup game. Um, so yeah. that wasn't a performance that I know Hayden Roberts is capable of. So hence the five. Um, but I think he, he he's a lad that I don't know. Um, I've not read anything about, but for me, um, there was the footage. I don't know which game it was. It was on TV. Was it the Rotherham game? Yeah. Where we talked about where he kind of was clearly disappointed in not coming on earlier than he did. He needs to know, right, show an absolutely spot on attitude. And then when you get your next chance, you take it and you perform. Um, And I didn't feel like he did that yesterday. So yeah, it was a, it was a five for Hayden. Um, Pringy on the other side, I went seven. Um, and the reason for that, I think he did have a little bit of a, a, a sort of, it was a good matchup against their their um, right side player. Um, and I think in the main, Cameron came out on top. Um, I do think there was one moment, as I said, where a ball got sort of switched across and Cam went to intercept it, which he'd done on two or three occasions really well and drove forward, but missed it. And then it then meant mm. the guy was in. Um that was probably only the real out and out mistake that he made. Um, I thought it was a, a really good, solid performance from Cam after that. And I will say a couple of people near to me were saying at the end of the game, because they they listened to the pod and, and listened to the ratings, they were all saying to me, oh, Cam bring man of the match. Um, and then I put them in their place um, because for me, the next person, Rob Dickey, was, was clearly man of the match. I say clearly, that's slightly unfair because I think Andy King ran, ran him close. Yeah. Um, but I thought Rob Dickey, the difference being, I've, so I've given Rob an eight. Um, I toyed with a nine, to be fair, but I did think, well, actually, um, you know, Coventry still caused quite a few problems. Um, but I thought defensively, I thought he was excellent. Got the goal as well. Um, and, you know, you, you talked about it um, on the, 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 the conversation with Andy, the one where he threw his body to block it um, near the end was just mm. superb. So, yeah, for Rob, I, I went an eight. Um, from the the other so so Kingy as well. So Kingy, I went seven. I toyed with no. In fact, no, I did change it. I went eight with Kingy um, because I did think they were the two standouts, and the differential was that you know the goal gave gave Rob the man of the match. But um, it's something we'll talk about, and you know we'll, we'll talk about Nigel's sort of post match press conference, but. He referenced apparently in a Sky interview, and I don't know, I'm assuming it was before the game or maybe it was after the game, I don't know. But he referenced, um, and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing, but someone within the club's hierarchy questioning Andy King playing, um, which I thought, A, for Nigel Pearson to come out and say that, you know, is, is, is one element. But secondly, on that basis, the performance that King then put in yesterday really showed that Nigel Pearson was right in terms of his decision yesterday. Um, you know, I have talked about on air, Andy King, I thought, you know, potentially his legs had gone. 
Um, you know, I, I see him much more as coming on when we're winning games and, and showing his experience then. He did all of that in abundance yesterday. I, I thought it was an excellent game from him. Second Thankfully, time you've had uh, hum, humble pile. It that, is. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll keep doing that if I need to from, from Andy's point of view. It will be interesting to see whether um, Carl Naismith is 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 going to be available Wednesday yeah. because it's a calf injury. And I th- I'm pretty sure the calf was the problem that he had last season. Um, you probably wouldn't risk him. So potentially Andy King's going to have to play there again. Um, I'm glad we've got the extra day's rest um, with it being Wednesday rather than Tuesday. Mm. Um, so hopefully, but it will be a different kettle of fish against Ipswich, you know, there. They're flying. They've got some really quick players. Obviously, you know, we've got Wes out on the channels for them. But yeah, going, going back to the ratings, I thought Andy King um, alongside Rob Dickey, I thought the two of them were excellent yesterday. Um, Sykesy, um, I've, I've gone seven for, for Mark Sykes. In, in the early part of the game, I think I think probably for a lot of them, other than maybe Robin and Andy, you'd have been talking about fours and fives potentially. Um because we were so sort of off the pace and just not not really at the races, couldn't get the grips of them at all. But I thought Sykes he came into it, um, and then in the second half, some of his defending was excellent. Um, you know, and that like that moment with Jada Silva, it was like Christ, Christ Almighty, you're making me dizzy. So um, yeah, so I went seven for Sykesy. Um, Matty James and Taylor Gardner Hickman, I went two sixes. Um, Matty obviously you know, had the the injury and from that point on things changed. Um I still felt it was, excuse me, a fairly subdued um midfield performance. Um and I also felt that as I said, that number seven, um and apologies, Sakamoto. I Sakamoto. I thought he was excellent. I don't know where Coventry signed him from. I don't know if he, he's been a signing that's come in this season or last season. I don't remember him from last season. Um, but yeah, I thought he was excellent yesterday. Um, so they had their work out. But yeah, I thought I thought um, Matty James and, and Taylor did what I would expect. Knighty coming on. Knighty was close to getting an eight as well. Um, but, you know, again, I think Andy and Rob were, were the standouts. But I, th- I did think Jason Knight, when he came on, was superb. Um, and, and sets the press and has got so much energy. Um, so, yeah, he, he was really impressive. So, Hopefully. So just to say, Sakamoto yeah. signed from... Oost End oh, right. a team in Belgium. When was that? This season or Yeah. 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 Um and it shows, doesn't it, that those 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 kind of quality players are out there. So um I do think as 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 brilliant as our academy is, I do think we need to to sort out our um our scouting network abroad because those players are out there in I don't know what money they spent on him. Mean, he might have cost quite a few billion, but um yeah. Good player. And then um, Andy Vyman, Tommy Conway and Sam Bell I went three sixes um, for all of them you, you couldn't question the work rate and what they were doing it just wasn't working the, Tommy and Sam and, and Andy talked about it their game isn't kind of pressing the defenders and um, well I say that I mean I, I do think Sam Bell does do that an awful lot he does obviously um, put the press on and, and Tommy yesterday was running around there was one moment patch from me it was in my mouth when he got a late challenge and went down but oh, thankfully yeah. It, yeah. it was a knock and he got back up because the last some discomfort, yeah didn't he? He, he did but didn't didn't get any treatment so that was good um but you know again very easy with with andy i mean not not because andy's been on the show this morning but um 
to, to come back from the injury that he had, which wasn't a knock, you know, it's something that just came on, that that must surely be in your mind as well, that is it going to come back again or am I going to be able to push off and sprint as he, he does? Um, I, I thought he put in a really, you know, a, a, a good all-round sort of display yesterday. Um, I may actually have um, moved him out wider earlier than we did. Um, but yeah, and the same with Tommy and Sam. I thought they they put the shift in. Um, it just wasn't happening for them. And and that's going to be the case in the championship. You know, there are teams, um, I, don't, I don't think there are any team this season, and even now, Sheffield Wednesday with a new manager and stuff, I don't think there's any team that are going to be um, everybody's sort of knocking boy. I do think that um, any team can be any team in the championship. So you, you said it on the podcast. No one's going to look back and go, oh, what a dreadful game that was. And he remembers that first 20 minutes. You'll just remember come the end of the season, we won one nil. Um, and that those three points, you know, it takes us eight, a point off the playoffs. If we if we could get a positive result on Wednesday, brilliant. And then to go into the, the Cardiff game um, would be superb. But yeah, so so th- those three got sixes. So I think that covers everybody because I don't think the other subs. No, it's um, just, did you Jason Knight? Yeah, ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and man of the match for me was was as I say, Rob Dickey. It was it was close in terms of Andy King. I thought was was he you know equally as impressive, but Rob with the goal as well. Um, so that's an average game rating of six point five eight. Okay, um, good. Which on the first twenty minutes is a four. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. It was dreadful. Probably the worst twenty minutes of football this season from us in terms of being out of the game because we've not been this season patch have we we've been in every game really um but actually then on the rest of the game and then from a defensive point of view and it is the defense that have have brought those scores up um yeah 6.58 and for nige um it's a seven um we got we got a win at home um he, he did change it around um I'm not a manager. I'm not a coach. I said I would have changed it around probably five minutes earlier when it clearly wasn't working. But, you know, you, you're going to give things a bit of time, aren't you? So we were in the game um, and and they changed it when they needed to change it. So, you know, it's um, it would be easy to, to be critical. Don't get me wrong. Had we lost the game, then it would have been a different story, wouldn't it? But that's sport. That's football. So just on Nigel Pearson, then uh, a, a story is broke this morning on Bristol Live. Uh, I think James Percy's written this, uh, and I've I've sort of thought to myself over the last three, four weeks, even longer than that. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody ask Nigel about his health, and obviously everyone can see he's on crutches, he's struggling, struggling to 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 get around. Yeah, um, and I'm surprised it didn't come out kind of uh, during that Leicester game because all the Leicester fans would have been thinking, "Oh, he's on crutches. I wonder what's happened." Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a, 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 a something's come out this morning, and he sort of like Nudge Pearson insists he'll continue to conduct his day-to-day responsibilities as manager as he's done for the last six weeks. He's been dealing with an unspecified neurological issue that is the source of his back problem and the reasons he's needed to walk with the aid of crutches for the last six weeks. He's been hampered by the ailment since September, international break. Um, and yeah, so it's he's undergone a series of tests which have confirmed he requires back surgery, but um, 
they need to obviously get to the bottom of this neurological issue. So, so it's, it's, it yeah. must be something weighing quite heavy on on his mind. But he's, as I say, continuing to travel on on coach and plane and whatever, and and get around the country. And it's quite admirable, really, that he's continuing to to do that. I think the the thing with it is Patch, and and he he said this in this this, this sort of story this broke this morning. Um, of those tests, they've they've ruled out anything sinister, um, i.e., cancer or anything. When you're ha- and and touch wood, and thankfully I haven't. I've you know I've had friends, family who have, but if you're having those sort of tests, knowing that you may have cancer, may have something you know more serious, neurological. Um, God, that must be on your every waking thought. Mm. So. For him to carry on going about his business as he's done, um, fronting up in front of the media, and and let's be fair, it's it's mainly just Nigel Pearson doing that. Yes, Brian Tinian does does that obviously as well at times, um, but for Nigel to do that, um, you, you're right. You've been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks. In fact, since the first time we saw him on crutches, um, you've been sort of saying it. I guess from a press point of view and a media point of view. Um, that those those sort of um, ladies and gentlemen are going to be respectful, yeah, um, personal issues. To what what they're told, and if it's personal issues, it's personal issues. So, um, from that point of view, you know, it's not always going to come out. Is I just it? didn't but, want it. I just and I know that they the the the, uh, the press speak before and after, and it's not yeah. recorded and all that sort of stuff. And I'm sure they do ask ask questions, but yeah, I just wanted it to sort of be out there that people generally are concerned about and that's people and that's a good point patch people do care about him i think so i I guess there's that aspect to it obviously there was also and it'd be remiss of us not to talk about it there was also his post-match press conference where he talked about being irritated um again james james pierce's wrote some some really good um or a really good column on that but you know it's after a win um and he wouldn't go into Nigel Pearson. I think he was asked about Ipswich, the Ipswich game, and then kind of went a little bit left field about it, but said that all I'm trying to do here along with my staff and us as a whole football operation is to make our football club more competitive. And whether that means we're a good footballing side or it means we can scrap against people or when the chips are down, as it has been for the last two weeks, that we can come out on top in a tight game. Pearson said, as far as I'm concerned, it's just a good afternoon for us to come away with the three points. I can say what I want today and there may be one or two barbed comments from me and they are but I'm not bothered because it becomes a situation in which I might be fighting for my job like everybody else is. Whether the players are fighting for their place, I might be fighting for my job. I don't really care what other people think. My position's not been secure, which irritates me. Pearson added when asked to expand on his words, why don't you ask somebody above me for once? See if you can find somebody who's going to say anything. The last two weeks have been very irritating for me. I'm not not exactly in the best situation, but I'm fine and I'll get better and I'll honour my contract. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, the mm. remark about his situation was in regard to his back, et cetera, et cetera, um, and was, as I say, to do with a, a, a Sky interview. But it obviously then throws up um, questions about, well, is that a, an insinuation about his contract? Is that the, he's not got support that he may have asked for because of his own situation? You don't know. It's just speculation. Yeah, I, I just think um, that that's, that statement, that comment has been, obviously he's, he's said it, but... 
anything we say over and above that is speculation and exactly I, I but it's, it's fa- obviously it's... he's got this this neurological condition the back problem yeah. that's playing heavy on his mind um yeah so yeah, but, who knows but what he's for him to reference the contract as well um and we've talked about it and and again you know we're yes we've had andy vyman on this morning but we're a fan a bristol city fan podcast um, you know, we travel home in a way, so we've got every, you know, we, we, we've got our own views on things. Um, and I, I said weeks ago, I would be offering Nigel Pearson a new contract. Um, I do genuinely think the progress that he's made in terms of how he's had to work with the conditions he's had to in terms of reducing wage bill, reshaping the squad. Um, but to the same extent, I also understand from... The, the ownership um and and um you know the the, the chairman tins etc they might want to see where we are at christmas you know and and then look at it from there i hope it doesn't drag on and what i i hope is that this doesn't become more of a story than it needs to be um because it would detract from a good you know a, a good three points but also an important week you don't want there being side issues around Nigel Pearson and his contract or, you know, the speculation that that is obviously going to to lead with, well, are, are, there, are there issues with, with anyone else above him? I do just think he quite rightly meant, as happens elsewhere, well, that needs to be answered by somebody else. His contract can't be answered by him. So um, I just hope it doesn't detract from anything else. And personally, at the moment, I do think that Nigel Pearson and his team are doing what would be expected of him. You know, we're eighth a point off the playoffs. Hmm. We said, uh, I mean, the, the funny thing was, Patrick, I was looking at it yesterday and, or thinking about it yesterday and thought, I must have a look to see where we are. But it's, that's probably been prompted as well because obviously Gary Rowett got sacked or left Mill or by mutual consent, whatever the phraseology would have been. So that left Mark Robbins and Nigel Pearson as the two longest serving managers yeah, in the championship. Right. Yeah. So that prompts that kind of, thought in Nigel Pearson's head as well um, but we're above West Brom, we're above Norwich we're above Cardiff we're above Hull, Borough Blackburn, Coventry Swansea, Huddersfield Watford, Stoke all of those teams we're above a lot of those teams have had parachute payments in recent years some are still getting parachute payments and we sit above them so whether you're a Nigel Pearson fan or not, for us to sit in eighth place, one point off the playoffs and a win three points off of fourth shows that actually he's doing an okay job at the moment from that point of view. Yeah. So it would seem strange if we are in, and we talked about it, Patch, if we're in and around where we are now mm-hmm. at Christmas, you would surely be looking at a new contract because, you know, you, you are where you are. But time will tell on that. But I just... You know, fundamentally, we want to wish Nigel Pearson all the best. We hope that it gets sorted very soon for him. Thankfully, it isn't anything sinister. Um, you know, we've, we've both had experience of back problems ourselves. Um, and now, as, uh, as I'm stood up stretching, well, you I did see that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we have, and I, I, you know, I slipped a disc, and I know I spent nights lying on the floor and stuff. So, um, it, I can only imagine the sort of pain that Nigel Pearson must be in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thankfully it isn't anything sinister. So we, we wish him well, hopefully he gets sorted, but yeah, I, I hope it doesn't turn into, you know, something it doesn't need to and, no. and, and people look for angles on stuff. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, anything left to mention is obviously Wednesday, Ipswich Town at home. Uh, Mark Ashton returns to Ashton Gate, and so does hopefully. I think Wes Burns as well. Wes Burns. I say yeah. hopefully. I you know I'd like to see former players. Yeah. But, no. Wes. Wes will. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing. Um, not sure whether he's injured or not, but uh, no, yeah, Ipswich are absolutely flying. Obviously, they didn't play on Friday night, got all the way to Rotherham and didn't play. Um, yeah. But uh, they'll be raring to go. So it's going to be an interesting one. I assume we will line up in our in our familiar 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3 formation. Remains to be seen whether Carl Naismith comes back in. Um, but how do you how do you line up uh, for for Wednesday? I think I think like you're saying there, we go with what what's familiar. Um, it so TGH we, right we, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading between the lines, um, Joe Williams is out for a couple of weeks with a, a calf injury um, that he picked up in I think training or game on on Friday. Um, I don't think they'll risk Carl Naismith. I don't know how close Carl was to to playing yesterday, but I don't think they'll risk him. So yeah, I I, I think it would be. Um, what they've been doing recently. So Taylor, right, centre backs of Rob. It will probably be have to be Andy King. Yeah. Um and then Cam left. Yeah. Matty James, um and Jason Knight. Knight, yeah, and Andy Vyman. Yeah. Um and then Sykes, Conway, Bell. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I, completely I don't know. Agree. N- Naki, um someone said to me Naki was on the bench yesterday, was he? I didn't I think so. I, I didn't think so. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to look at the lineup, but uh, so yeah, the, ben- no. the bench was no, no, not definitely no, yeah. not. So Knight, Labelle, Idahan, Joseph James, who I mentioned at the start, Jason yeah. Knight, Anis Mometi, Harry Cornick, or Nelson, and Ephraim Yababa. I think it was something like three seventeen-year-olds on the bench. Yeah, which is just crazy, isn't it? And um, James again, um, an, an excellent sort of. Um, comment but saying that great great and it is fabulous what we're doing with the academy but you don't want to look to your bench and have all youngsters on there um if you've got ambitions to be in the top six so you know it's, it's, br- it's injury, brilliant brilliant it's the future. exactly list, and that, isn't it but you, you, you you're going to get that patch with a small squad and mm. you know i know that there are plenty of people that say we need to get more players in in January and you need to have this, you need to have 28 and what have you. Obviously the way that we've been told we've got, or Nigel Pearson has been told he's got to operate is on that small squad basis. I think he prefers that anyway. Mm. Um, But we have, if, if we can be in and around where we are now up until Christmas time with the likes then of Rob Atkinson, Zach Viner, obviously Naki Joe, a short term, but the longer term ones coming back, Eamon, um, Ross McCrory, that, mm. you know, I'm, I hope I don't build Ross up too, <laughs> too much, really, but we all feel that he, he not would to, be a big, in, yeah, abs- big player. And, and actually, Patch, George Tanner, George has been yeah. consistent for us this season. So he's another one that's missing, which is another one where you kind of go, Oh, he's going to be out for a couple. And and actually, Nigel Pearson talked about this as well, saying that they, they don't like to give time scales because then you hold um, them to it. <laughs> exactly that. But like with George, you kind of felt it was going to be one or two weeks, and it's already what I don't know. I think he's missed the last uh, four weeks. Look, no, yeah, it's, it's got to be about the last month. Well, I'm trying to think when he went off. Was it Hull? No, one Hull was it? No, he's missed the last three league games, so it must mm. have been in the Stoke game. Yeah. Um. So you know. 
if we, as I say, if we can be in and around it with the players we've got coming back, there will probably be one or two additions you would think in January. Um, then we've got a really good chance this season. Um, and putting in performances like they did in terms of their resilience yesterday, yeah, degree of luck. Um, but that that bodes well as well. So, you know, we, ha- we have got to be a little bit mindful. Like I said, well, you, you look the teams below you, we're doing okay. You know, to be in, we're doing better than okay. Um, so, so credit to Nigel and the coaching staff and above all else, the players. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I think we're going to leave it there before we go. Uh, Saturday Reds program again out yesterday. Great front cover from RJ Wallace and, uh, two great articles in there in particular, uh, on two midfielders, one from the past, one from the present, Trevor Tainton, who's obviously an absolute club legend, third highest appearance holder and Jason Knight, who we've spoken about at length on this podcast. So two, two very different midfielders, Matt, but two, um, two great players, nonetheless. Great players. Yeah. Um, again, privileged to watch Trevor Tainton play, um, fantastic player. Um, and and Knighty, yeah, is is showing already just how good a player he is. So yeah, no, and it, it is a great read, Cider Reds. Uh, it really is. So yeah, I'd encourage um, you know pick up a copy when you you're, you're going through the entrances at the Winterstoke Road. Um, yeah, it is a really good read and great artwork as well. Yeah. And for anybody who wants to listen to something a little bit different, uh, we recorded a podcast on Friday, episode 199 of the regular show. And that was a review of a recent trip to the Forest of Dean that I went with the family and also a review of Fear at Avon Valley Screen Park. So was uh, it? It was good. Very good. Yeah. Um, you came with us last year. and I, did. Uh, I saw my brother it. was there again. I yeah. saw you had a photo with my brother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, saw your brother. And uh, yeah, it was, it's just great. I just love it. I, I love yeah. going around all those, all those mazes and seeing people's reactions. Obviously, I know what's coming most of the time, having been there four times. Now. Were there many differences to last year, Patch? Yeah, there's a few extra, extra bits, few extra yeah. sort of um, axe throwing and, and bottle smashing and a few extra oh, bits right. like that. Um, obviously the mazes had a few tweaks and, uh, and yeah, the exorcism is always quite, yeah. uh, quite interesting to be in the middle of that, but uh, yeah, have a listen to that and you can get our views on that. But for now, we'll leave it there. We'll be back Thursday ish, um, to, to hear about the Ipswich game, but, uh, obviously again, massive thanks to club captain, uh, Andy Vyman for coming yeah. on the podcast and, uh, Matt, we shall speak soon. Yep. Okay, mate. Have a good week, everybody. Take care.